0: Hello, grace and peace. We're taking anarchy to church here in the anarchist Bible study. I'm Josh, aka Iowan Cap, and I'm Jeff Park, aka
1: the dinner to Bob the Tomato.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well done, well done. For more pre-show banter, tune into preambling number thirty. Rob Dverned Obscurity. And episode 79.5, Worship Matters. But now, back to the show. So, um, we're back in the Lyceum, the London Lyceum, uh, which we are reviewing uh, a episode from there uh, called the Protestant Political Theology Roundtable. And before we get too far into it, I want to remind you all, the reason we're doing that is because a supporter requested it by giving us $5 at buymeacoffee.com slash flyover. And so uh, you can do that by going to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover. You can request a topic and make us talk about something, kind of like some uh, malevolent force in our chat uh, has Requested and forced us to have to live stream a reaction to The Rings of Power, which I've now been told is there's going to be five more seasons of that. And my head's exploding. I don't. So, for you, the listener, he was
1: told that like four days ago. But for him, (laughs) he was told that 10 minutes ago. (laughs) So, so he's still (laughs) reeling. He's still dealing with it, y'all. <laughs> this is my therapy, everyone. Uh <laughs> Some men, some men will make hundreds of hours of podcasts instead of going to therapy.
0: Um <laughs> uh, but yes, we are the Protestant Political Theology Round Table. Uh we've been listening to um we've listened to 3 out of the 4 respondents so far. Um and if you're looking at the description, it is not in the order that they listed in, which is very so we are 75% of the way done, right? Yeah. Uh, right. We have spent
1: uh, 75% of the time that we're going to spend on this. Right? Right. right I right? wish I
0: could say that was true.
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> well it was well no so first of all these are just the the uh first constructive yes. statements. In this thing that is totally not a debate But constructed (laughs) exactly
0: like a debate
1: Um
0: uh, Um, And and we've heard from Andrew Walker Who we found a lot we agreed with on Um, Yes We we were very uh, Supportive of that Um Especially his emphasis on Um uh, A non-pietistic Uh Explicitly Christian Um uh, political theology um and then uh time and klein who we agreed less with um he, coming from more of, but but found deeply interesting but found i think that was yes. kind of our conclusion there yes deeply interesting. Um, disagreed. yeah disagreed but we appreciated his thoughts uh if that makes sense um the third one we heard, we were suspiciously agreeable to. <laughs> yes. yes. Have not found any disagreement yet.
1: Think we probably will in the rebuttals. Uh,
0: really Very just, suspicious. Yeah. I, I titled that episode, I agree, question mark, because <laughs> that was really our attitude the whole show. <laughs> like, we yeah. agree, but do we? Uh <laughs> Um, and this last one will be um, Brad Littlejohn. And um, he is going to be defending what is called the Two Kingdoms position, though it's probably more accurately what the radical Two Kingdoms radical position. Two kingdoms. Um, yeah. Because Jonathan Lehman, at the end of his, uh, he constructed, really was the first one, as we've said, one of the things that we appreciated about it. He was really the first one to, to gesture in the direction of Sphere Sovereignty And of a real two kingdoms philosophy, a traditional two kingdoms philosophy, though. He preferred two ages, which we quibbled with that um, terminology um, just because we found it not sufficiently biblical. Um, But yeah. Um, But yeah, so we are going to pick up at 2615 at 26 minutes. 15 seconds, that's where we're going to pick up. And I, I say that only because um, we are going to listen at two times speed, and and uh, the proper speed to listen to us at is two times speed as well, or three times if you're one of those audio listeners and you're really, really uh, brave. But uh, that means if you're listening to this, you're listening to it at four times or potentially six times speed. Um, so... If you are wanting to either listen to it yourself, we'll be starting at 2615 and we'll go to um, wherever that this next section ends, which will, you'll be able to find that in the, in the description below. Uh, So you might, it might be valuable for you to go listen to it yourself first and then listen to us, listen to it because it is going to be at, um, at a heightened speed. Although we expect that he won't speak as quickly as Jonathan Lehman does, which we we jerked sure. with our friend Joel that uh uh that Jonathan Lehman starts at two times speed, um yeah <laughs> um yeah, I keep tra- <laughs> yeah, and then poor Patrick has to listen to it live, he keeps trying to 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 click the two times button, yeah, I know it's like it's like he has to slow down just to tr- to speed us up, and it's like, is it worth it? I don't know. Uh, so we are going to listen to it. Uh, I got to make sure that, uh, yep. It's unmuted. You're going to be listening to it. Um, and we're going to, um, yeah, we're just going to hear. Ooh, actually, now that I think about it, I might not have it set up right. Let's get that. There we go. All right. So I'm ready for this. Let's, uh, let's. Let's get into this. Okay. Uh, Let me correct that real quickly. We are actually starting from 3558. I mistakenly started us where we started last time uh, instead of where we left off. So 3558, and again, the conclusion will be down in the description of of where we're going to leave off. Um, So 3558, we are going to start from there, and we're going to hear uh, Brad Littlejohn's constructive statement all right
2: so Dr. Littlejohn for the last constructive statement and then we'll move into uh, negative statements from there all right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, none of the other guys have made it under eight minutes yet. I'll see if I can maybe earn that distinction. It would be, it would be a first for me to be the shortest, but we'll see. So, uh, a of political theology, I would say, properly begins with a two kingdoms distinction, though not the two kingdoms distinction that Tyman was critiquing—the the misunderstood two kingdoms distinction. It has to be the right kind of two kingdoms distinction, which is better understood as uh, two governments, really, is a better translation of the language. Right? Two kingdoms connotes this idea of two different spaces, and then, and then you start to spatialize your political theology between these institutions. The two governments these are two ways in which Christ governs the world. So, Christ rules over the two governments are Christ's two governments. He rules over the whole world. He has all authority on heaven and earth has given to him, but he rules over the world in two ways. Uh, first, he, uh, there are a number of ways in which we, we could talk about this, but I think one helpful way is that he governs men in their vertical relation, the way they relate to God, and he governs men in horizontal relations, the way they relate to one another, okay? And these are often as parts of spiritual and temporal, um, eternal, uh, eternal and temporal, uh, a number of, a number of terms, or redemptive and creationary, etc. But vertical and horizontal is how i talk about it. So the first of these, Christ's vertical or spiritual government is direct and supernatural, because nature is useless here. Nature cannot help us, uh, help fallen man, at the very least, help, nature cannot help fallen man have access to communion with God. It cannot reconcile him to God. So, uh, Christ governs directly, supernaturally, uh, giving his righteousness to the soul, although he uses he uses outward uh, instruments to some extent in that, such as the second, The second, uh, his temporal government works with nature, restoring and renewing it. Accordingly, it makes use of the structures that are given in nature, inclu- including political structures. Okay? So, so Christ's temporal government makes use of the, of the physical and social structures of the natural world, including and especially political order, but it reorders political authority toward its proper good. Right? Uh, God is trying to restore man's horizontal relations. Our horizontal relations are out of whack because our vertical relations are out of whack. So in restoring political order to its proper task of managing man's horizontal relations, it does so in, in light of the restoration of the proper
0: vertical relation. Now, this latter, then, is the domain of... Sorry, let me turn on my mic first. I want to stop right there because I want... Uh, so, he's defined what he means by two kingdoms. He says he really means two governments. Um. Right? Right. Uh, but... Well, okay. I have notes, but go ahead. Yeah. And so, and he says, like, so you've got... The one is he, he calls the vertical relationship, which he says nature has no help there. It must right. be must be by scripture. Right? Well, and, I'm just trying to construct what he said at this point. Yeah. It's it, it, what it sounds like it sounds like
3: Right. It sounds like through the through the word of God and his direct acts alone. Though,
0: though, I guess let's quibble over. Like does, does that count discipleship? Is that, is that nature? Is that, is that, that's what I, that that's, that's what I'm wondering. That's the fuzzy middle. But then he says, then you've got the, the, the horizontal, which is the political. Is that right? Yeah, but again, the church is horizontal. Right. And he seems to be saying that like, that is about nature. Like the horizontal structures is about nature. Is, is, that, is that what is yeah. inaccurate? Okay. Yeah. Yes. First of all, <laughs> um, the one kingdom, the, the kingdom of the church has to deal with horizontal things as well like and there's more to horizontal relationships than just politics and and scripture does have things to say about horizontal relationships
3: i mean Uh, let's take one of the most direct and blatant hey that guy who's sleeping with his uh father's wife kick him out of your church yeah that's not a purely
0: vertical thing
1: yeah i don't see that as I don't see, and I don't
0: see how you call that a purely vertical. And 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 I'm even gonna be like, and I, and, I, and and I'm even gonna say like. To say that our vertical relationship is purely scripture and not natural and not natural revelation, which I think is what he means by nature, at all. Like, well, I mean, the Bible does say that the glory that the heavens declare the glory of God, the sky above proclaims His handiwork, day to day pours out speech, night night reveals knowledge. That that. The, that God has revealed his eternal power and divinity in nature. Like, there is things about our vertical relationship that is revealed in nature. Now, we would say, like, obviously, insufficiently, and we need scripture to even interpret general revelation. That's what I would say, at least. But it, it already seems too simple. Right? And. And even as he's critiquing what we what 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 time and critiqued, he's kind of just doubling down on the thing being critiqued. Like he's saying, like, 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 it's just it's all too simple. What other you said you had notes. What other notes do you have? Well, no, no, that, that that's that's that. Those were the
3: main two things I was is that the the. His distinctions don't work they don't yeah. distinguish what they need to distinguish yeah they 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 so yeah i i'm i'm already finding these distinctions radically unhelpful inapplicable unbiblical <laughs>
0: like yeah and So, okay, let's, let's, let's also, let's be clear about what we're saying. Like, it's good that you use biblical language, but let's be clear about what we're actually saying. So if we're saying that the political is, is, is defined by nature, which by which he means natural revelation, then that means it's defined by general revelation. It's defined by what is reasoned out by the world.
3: So where's the right, line between that and worldliness? I think
1: mm-hmm. nations will be judged for whether they kiss the sun. Right. So princes will be judged by whether they kiss the sun. Nations will be judged um, by whether they by 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 whether they submitted themselves to God's law. And and, and I think those things are knowable not just from nature, but but
3: from revelation um from god's self disclosure so i don't i don't know how john the baptist gets off saying you cannot have your brother's wife if the Prince only needs horizontal knowledge.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the constant question is, is like lifted at, at that point is like, so what? And, and this is this is the problem I have. This is, I'm already have a have one specific question. What about this is specifically Protestant? That's Thanks. true. If we're talking about a Protestant political theology, well like well, what about this as Protestant? Like you just said general revelation is how politics is run. So why bother with the Protestant? Like why not throw in with the Catholics and with the or even with the Muslims and the uh you know like like w- if it's all discovered by general revelation, it's discovered in nature, natural principles, then why then why bother with with being a what why bother trying to bring about a protestant political theology i mean if if what you mean is some protestants believe this then okay sure but there's nothing special about being a protestant like you could be this and be a baptized classical liberal because you could say well this is the law of nature the law of nature says uh this or the law of nature says redistribute wealth because that's how like it gives it gives literally zero um, instruction from a
1: religious perspective. Yeah. To be clear, if all we cared about is getting to our conclusions, we should prefer this one because this one, this one is the easiest one to just smuggle in the non aggression principle and call it a day.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's all by general revelation. General revelation, the way we see it, tells us non aggression principle. Done. Yeah, absolutely. Like, but it just—it doesn't, it doesn't. And this is really, and honestly, I would say this is the problem I have with again. Get getting back to a favorite topic of mine with most Christian libertarians is that it seems like what they're all. Oh, saying, this is
1: actually most
0: Christian libertarians. Yeah, actually, when it comes down to it. Is saying like, well, what what makes a Christian libertarian a, lib- a Christian libertarian? Like, what is it about them that makes them Christian? And they just say, well, we're just consistently libertarian. Well, that doesn't. That's not the question I asked. I asked like, if if being a Christian affects every aspect of your life, it should also affect the way you are a libertarian. And so, um, but but this this way gets around that. We could just say, well, it's general revelation. La da da. We're done. And and that's. It's really just not good enough, you know. Um, it's it's not, and it, it maybe maybe he's about to use scripture to explain what we mean by nature, and that's what will make it a Protestant, specifically Protestant. But I can't see so far what makes it a Protestant political theology. A or B, what makes it even a specifically Christian political theology? Is it just the fact that we're saying Jesus Christ rules? The government but he does it through general revelation you know yeah I don't know um, but you know let's, I guess we keep listening <laughs> He's he's got five minutes if he makes it in in the eight uh, so I'll, I'm gonna just back it up at ten seconds just to give us a running start
3: horizontal relations
2: it does so in, in light of the restoration of the proper vertical relation now, this latter, then, is the domain of politics in its broadest sense, all right? The very broadest sense the central kingdom of politics. We can say includes includes family, market.
0: Sorry. I, I just... I, I, th- I thought about just going past it, but I, I have to comment. Okay, he does say that the second does it in light of the first. That, that the vertical relationship, the restorative vertical relationship must transform the way nature... And so, okay. Fair enough. And yet... Are we, if we're just going to end up concluding what the world says, we're still don't have any, we're still not, we still don't have any specific instructions on how to do this. That is in any way, Christian, but yeah.
3: And it also just means that, okay, so then, so then what's the purpose of the distinction? Yeah,
0: sure. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Um, let's see if he makes one or makes a point. Of
2: that. ...horizontal relations, it does so in, in light of the restoration of the proper vertical relation. Now, this latter, then, is the domain of politics in its broadest sense, all right? The very broadest sense, the simple kingdom of, of politics, we can say includes includes family, market, the visible church, and then it also includes politics in its narrower sense, that the, the powers of the state as we normally think of them. Okay. Each of these spheres we can speak of as having a kind of...
0: Okay.
1: I missed where he said the visible church is part of politics. That's it. In the broadest sense.
0: Okay. So it seems like what he means by politics, okay, which makes sense, like polis... Um, coming okay. from the root word of, of, living together
1: with other humans,
0: uh, polis, yeah, the, the the political body, the the governing body, and so he's he's saying, and yet, is he saying then that church polity is governed by nature? Because didn't he he did say that the 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 horizontal relationship is governed by nature, right? He, he did say that it can be
3: informed by the vertical. But again, so that's where I don't see. So then what is this distinction actually doing? Yeah. Where, where
1: do we draw the line and say a versus non a
0: here? Yeah. And, and, and what do we mean by informing? Like, are we saying like, I mean, is thou shalt not kill and in just informing nature? Like, it seems like it's a direct statement of, of a direct command on the on the horizontal. Right. Now, so so on the one hand, I'm going to say I appreciate the fact that he's defining politics wider than just statecraft. Yep, I agree. I appreciate that. It's something that I also appreciated from Lehman, but he, incl- and, and also that he's including more than just family, like, like that we're saying in, in the realms of politics, like really we're coming, like this is kind of a sphere sovereignty, although he hasn't said that. And I'm, I'm afraid he doesn't, I'm afraid he's not going to believe that, <laughs> but uh, a sense in, of, in which church family government proper civil magistrate are three different types of politics. Um, the problem I have is that he's, he's painted himself already into a corner of like politics is defined by nature, by the laws of nature. Like, well, we, we definitely have scripture telling us how to run our family. We definitely have scripture telling us how to run our church. We definitely have scripture telling us we have some scripture telling us how to run our governments. At what point, you know, like like uh, yeah, again, what does nature mean? Uh, the question you keep asking, like what, what is what? It's like a distinction right. that doesn't seem. I don't know what it means. Either it's going in a weird direction or it seems to mean nothing. But you know, I don't know. Uh, let's see if he's got a couple minutes to go. <laughs>
2: And it also includes politics in its narrower sense, that the, the powers of the state as we normally think of them. Each of these spheres we can speak of as having a kind of provisional autonomy. Okay, There are things that belong first and foremost to the family to do, first and foremost to the, the, the church to do, uh, first and foremost to the market to do. And yet, within this political temporal order, the political authority has a supervising architectonic role that holds the outward and visible dimension of human life accountable to conform to justice. You've heard this term justice. What do we mean by justice? I would say uh, justice could be summed up as the natural law, uh, that the temporal authority is responsible to hold man in order, accountable to conform to the natural law. Natural law is summed up classically in the Decalogue. So politics...
0: Okay, fair enough. I like that. I like that. I'm okay with that. Um, also, he... he. This is where I'm going to quibble a little bit of like, he's like, uh, also there's politics in the sense of of governing market, the markets. Market doesn't need governing. Marketing, market just goes. If it's not violating political law, then you just let the market go. And
1: maybe know? that's what he means, that there are... Emer- there's a emergent order that govern. I I don't I don't want to burn him at the stake for this. I but sure. T- no, he probably doesn't mean it that way.
0: <laughs> probably not. But okay, yeah, fair enough. Um. But he says there's like a provision. Like, what did he say? A sort of provisional autonomy to each sphere. Is that that the wording he I used? Think- yeah. I think.
3: Oh. But but that the politi- the political
0: sphere ends or the the government sphere or the 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 state sphere, as he says, would end up ruling over the rest when it comes to justice. Which, Is that what he said? I think that's kind. of... Let me back it up and see if I can find that spot and see if I can give that a second listen
3: order the political
2: authority has a supervising architect church to do uh first and foremost to the market to do and yet within this political temporal order the political authority has a supervising architectonic role that holds the outward invisible dimension of human life accountable to conform to justice we've heard this term
0: okay so they have an architectonic view or a uh a supervising architectonic view is what he says um to to hold the other spheres accountable to justice and this is where okay but but then like okay so then he says um, which he defines by natural law, by which he means the Decalogue. And and it, and it occurs to me now that actually I do have a problem with that. Like, okay, so which part of the Decalogue? Both both tables, or just the second? Um, can the state can the state punish us for not worshiping the one true God? Is that justice? Is that rightly wielding the the sword? Like, I maybe he's about. To, maybe that's where he means. We're talking about. Maybe that's what he means by that. Is like, well, of course he's. Maybe he would say, well, no, of course I mean only the second table because I'm talking about uh, horizontal relationships. In which case, I'm like, okay, f- sure, fair enough. Um. Yeah,
3: I don't. Still not,
0: still not sure I'm, 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 I'm understanding his case, I guess. Hmm. Seems like a lot of distinctions without a difference is, is really what I'm, I'm feeling. Um. But anyway, let's, let's, I guess keep hearing.
2: Justice. What do we mean by justice? I would say, uh, justice could be summed up as the natural law. Uh, that the authorities responsible to whole man in or accountable to conform to the natural law. Natural law is summed up classically in the Decalogue. So politics is not concerned with the gospel per se. But it cannot be indifferent to the gospel. Rulers rule on behalf of Christ. Thus, they are accountable to enforce justice as Christ defines it. And they have their own task relativized in light of his work. Okay, so this is two, two ways in which political order cannot be uh, indifferent to religious orders. One is because Christ has, in Scripture, revealed more fully the contours of justice as the state is supposed to enforce it. And second, because the exaltation of Christ signals the relativization of all political order, so that the state should be aware of its limited vocation in light of Christ's redemptive work. And it's precisely... This is-
0: okay, um, the second one I don't have a problem with. The second way, right? That, that like, basically saying that they... They need to essentially kiss the sun, right? It's the, the first one is like, I want to know what he means by Christ um, filling out the understanding of that. Because from, from my own perspective, really what Christ does is gets to the heart of the law. He really exposits what we would call the moral aspects of the moral law instead of what, what I tend to call like the, the, the just that the, more of the public aspects, like the public aspect of thou shalt not kill is thou shalt not murder is don't murder to do not unjustly take a life. Um, the moral aspects of the law, the more private aspect of the law is when Jesus exposits, don't even hate your brother in your heart. You can't right. legislate hatred. You know, you can't ex- executively oversee the heart of a person. Um, and so that, that's where I would make a distinction between what Christ is doing is getting to the heart of the law and saying before God. Okay, sure. You never killed anyone, but have you ever been unrighteously angry at someone? Then you've broken the law, but you've all, have you, have you hated your brother? Then you've broken the law. And so you stand before the judgment for the law court of God as, <laughs> as guilty, but you're right. not going to stand for the law court of man as guilty of for course. having hated someone like we just, for one thing, how do you, how do you, how do you even begin to do that? Yeah. And second of all, that seems a, a vast overreach of yeah. the, now, now has nothing on this. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, for, for the King to judge the heart of man, like it's just, it doesn't make sense. Um, And so so that's where I want to be like, okay, so what do you mean by Christ expositing the law insofar as a political – we're talking about a political –
2: yeah. … of all political order so that the state should be aware of its limited vocation in light of Christ's redemptive work. And it's precise. This is not something that's just naturally knowable. The idea of a limited state, the idea of a domain of conscience that is outside of the state is not just something that human societies naturally arrive at. It is a product of – it's precisely Christianity that has revealed this limited vocation to the state that we take for granted today. But again, the state cannot be indifferent to the gospel. Why? Well, as we said, the state is accountable to rule according to natural law, and natural law itself makes it clear that politics is religious through and through. Time is talked about this. Man is body and soul. If we are simply trying to discern what is the good for human society, we would recognize that that good includes a soulish, a spiritual, a religious good. All societies worship. All societies, in fact, are organized around objects of worship. We see that clearly even today in our supposedly secular society. Thus, All societies depend on religious foundations for the morality that informs justice. Religion also binds a people together in shared ideals and practices religion tends to reduce conflict among the members of a society Religion encourages obedience by saying these authorities are not merely human authorities These are authorities that are authorized by God and therefore you owe them obedience for the sake of conscience as Paul says in Romans 13 So for all of these reasons and more the ruler cannot be neutral to matters of religion religion is clearly a public good So a good ruler should promote religion and the true religion is conducive to If any religion the public good, the true religion conduces to the public best we can say Now the ruler, I'm not going to come in under alright I'll be quick here okay. So the ruler must enforce the entire Decalogue I would say, but why not theonomy? Well Here we can return to the two kingdoms distinction. The temporal domain is the domain of prudence because it is constantly changeable. Natural law only gives very general principles. The Old Testament law, as Jonathan has noted, is only one contextually appropriate application of the natural law. The New Testament has something to say about the centrality of mercy and the relativization of hierarchies, but the exact implications of this New Testament revelation are a matter of historically formed wisdom. So how do we think about matters of church and state especially? Well... This is, this is the key question of this conversation. The civil magistrate cannot be indifferent, as we said, cannot be indifferent to matters of religion. But what this looks like may look different in different contexts. Not every virtue can be promoted by law, and not every vice curtailed, as Aquinas, uh, as Aquinas famously said. Thus, prudence must dictate the extent to which the civil magistrate seeks to enforce the entire Declanus, the first both tables of the law. For instance, should public blasphemy be punished, or will this unleash a spirit of persecution? Should religious education and church work be publicly funded, or will this tend to make the clergy lazy and dependent? To what extent should religious uniformity be promoted, or religious diversity tolerated or encouraged? To what extent should the magistrate listen to the clergy but without becoming dependent upon them in the way that the magics were dependent upon the medieval clergy. All of these questions must be answered by historically formed, contextually attentive wisdom. However, we can say this much at least. I would say all governments ought to explicitly acknowledge the Christian God as the source of their authority. And two, all governments should enact policies that will aim to ensure that as many citizens as possible also acknowledge the truth of the Christian God.
1: Awesome. Thanks, guys. This was super
0: Okay, so that's the end. 45-14 uh, is where we ended. That's the end of his constructive um, statement.
3: <clears throat> I need to know what he means by enact policies that would encourage others to Yeah, uh, the Christian God.:
0: It all sounds good, but it lacks the specifics necessary to be helpful. And really, like I, I would say, like my, my big thing is, I would want to push back and say, uh, the spirit of conservatism needs to reign, uh, which is that, yes, they only give general principles, and we should be very conservative in how we apply them. We should be very conservative in how we apply um, the encouragement of the encouragement of people to worship Christ. You should be very conservative of that. Like, I think... I, I'm going to be very conservative about this and say, like... This could be, lead to overreach very quickly if you don't curtail it. And then, like... Is encouragement... Ronald Reagan calling on the churches to pray for the nation? Or is encouragement... Some kind of a legal declaration. Right.
3: You, you know? Right. One, well, then, in a world in which the state runs schools to inculcate values for children. Are we saying that, are we saying that, I don't want the state teaching religion. I don't want the state deciding how religion should be taught. Yeah. Because, among other things, they have always and universally been bad at it. Yeah. That's a way I I said that um, just without even getting into the whole
1: anarchism thing. (laughs) Um, The sort of the simple
3: uh,
1: approach that I took for this with a a member of my church the other day was,
3: well, exactly one week ago, um, was uh, just to say, look, we're against. We're against the the state teaching religion for the same reason. Uh, for the same reason that we're against
1: Marxism, is that it, it's been wildly unsuccessful every time it's been tried. So, out of love for neighbor, we we can we can look at that pattern in the world, yeah. and we don't have to be foolish. <laughs> we can be right. wise and recognize the pattern and avoid it.
0: Um, right.
3: Um but but then I would I would say more fundamentally that um again Jason Kinney cannot stand before God for me so Jason Kinney can't worship for me. So Jason Kinney cannot ultimately be responsible for when, how, where I worship. And neither by the time you listen to this can Daniel Smith. (laughs) Or whatever. Um, um.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm looking for something to see if it, uh, Yeah, I I wanted to know if he was quoting in any way the L- Westminster Confession of Faith, um, because like the the language he was using of like encouraging um, religious duty, I I was just does sound a tad, yeah, yeah, I and and it would be one of those. Sentences, if it were, that very likely came out of the Baptist Confession. Probably, and maybe even the American version of the Westminster. That's the other thing that else. Yeah, that's what else I was checking too. Yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's well, it's not in the original. If it's in, it's in the American. Wait,
0: it was added to the American. It, no, if it's if it's anywhere, it's in the American. So it's not in the part that was taken out. Oh,
3: okay. okay. Um. uh. No, I don't see anything.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't see anything. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see anything here. So, so maybe. Although, yeah, I don't know. I don't see. Yeah, I don't see anything. But but if someone if someone knows of a a place that he might be citing, please let us know in either in the comments or by emailing us, anarchistbiblestudy at gmail.com. Um, but but yeah, like we we just have so many questions about what does this mean. Like it sounds like it's just there's not enough. See, because that's that's one thing is like we didn't like what Time and Klein was encouraging. But. At least it was like he was giving specifics. At least he was yeah. trying to you be like. Teeth into it. It was, yeah, it was. Because, it was
1: interesting. It was compellingly reasoned. This is, yeah. this is very jello against the
0: wall. But and, because the biggest problem we had with people like Brad Littlejohn and the dominant Institute was that in the era of COVID, all they could give us was sub- be subject to your masters. Like during the, during COVID tyranny where we had the most massive government overreach into the area of religious worship that I can think of since in the history of America. And the best they could offer us was, well, technically you're supposed to be subject to uh, civil authorities. And that's why I think both with him and with Lehman, I'm just like, though it sounds okay uh, with Lehman, like where it sounds good. But where does the shoe drop because or, or where did you get from there to where you ended up with this massive tyrannical overreach and i just find that the the, the little john answer it's just it was of no use it was not helpful right. in figuring this out like we all kind of from our hearts and 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 you maybe it was sin Maybe it was sin. You're going to have to call us out of a sin, but you're going to have to prove that it was sin. But we all from our hearts knew this was wrong. And we all would look from, and I think this is where we, 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 know, we don't think it's sin. It's because we'd look from that moment to the examples of the three, uh, the three young men in Nebuchadnezzar's court and say, we're saying what they're saying. So how come this doesn't fit in your political philosophy? And and it's that like it was just they were of no help in that subject. The best they could offer was be subject to authorities. Well, like well at what point do we stop? At what point is right. resistance to resistance to tyranny, uh submission to God? At what point does that kick in? And we just got no help from them whatsoever.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And um so in his um in his essay against MacArthur and Grace uh Grace Community Church. Um, which has which oh, means? sorry, uh, Little John. Okay, oh, Little he's,
1: John he's, he's, wrote an essay called Christ and Caesar, I think. Uh, a re- yeah, Christ and Caesar, a response to John MacArthur. Um,
3: where he, where he cites Baxter against MacArthur and. The, the issue I have with that is that uh, and, and, and he, and he points out that, that Baxter was a nonconformist, that he was arrested, that he, but, so then, um, So then he, I, I find it, I find it hard to, I find it hard to then say that, so, so Baxter, if I recall correctly, his longest stint in jail was Um, That he was unjustly convicted of publishing
1: a book he didn't write, publishing a book he didn't publish, writing a book he didn't write,
3: and he could be released if he paid the fine, and, and admitted to wrongdoing, and he wouldn't pay the fine. So then, you could say Baxter was inconsistent. Or you're misreading Baxter. Yeah. Because I don't think... Because
1: what is the... (laughs) What is the substantial difference between
3: that and John MacArthur saying this is unconstitutional? And being right. Like, the courts have vindicated John MacArthur. Yep. So... so if if and 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 m- maybe I should start looking at the chat and
1: instead of uh, instead of this article, so Patrick can correct me if i'm if I'm remembering the Baxter episode in, incorrectly, but um but uh the but to, to me, those are rather parallel, like,, yeah. I will stay in jail rather than pay a fine for mm-hmm. a wrongful conviction. And yeah. and I will go to jail rather than comply with an unconstitutional order. Seem pretty parallel to me.
0: Yeah, and it also seems to me that like Little John is exactly who they're talking about, who who Doug Wilson is talking about when he talks about people who want to take the confessions out for a spin, like driving around in a new car, but don't actually want to do the work of dominion. You know, like there there is a sense in which like. Okay, so, because here's the other question. Here's the other question that comes from what you're saying. Uh, you're asking, which part of Baxter's life do we listen to? This quote, or his life when he stayed in jail? Another one is, like, which, which historic figures are we listening to? This is the biggest problem with oh, any course. appeal to tradition, is, like, which tradition? Who are we going to yeah. appeal to? Like, whenever you're appealing to an old histor- historian, like, who, which one do you right. appeal to? Do I get to pick Bunyan? Right. I mean, Bunyan's not actually that much better than Baxter. It's pretty similar. But That's who I thought of. That's who I thought of exactly. Yeah. Like Can I take, can I pick Bunyan? Can I pick Calvin? Can I pick you, you, like, like you know what I'm saying? Like like
3: Although, <laughs> although there he
0: might say, Well, Calvin left. Yeah. And you can
1: also leave if you want to leave. Which was not the Calvin's zone. Calvin's own position. Yeah.
0: Not anymore. Not if the World Economic Forum takes over. Well, and and lit literally, what what if your
1: noncompliance is is like is like with what they say you have to do to cross an international border.
0: Right. <laughs> literally can't. Um, but 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 then but that's always the question is what is which which historical figure which tradition do we appeal to and the reformed answer has always been whichever one conforms to scripture this is right. the, again the whole problem It's like yeah well and even the baxter point he
3: quotes says it is one
1: thing to forbid them for a time upon some special cause as infection by pestilence, fire, war, et cetera, and another to forbid them stately or profanely.
3: And I know little John thinks that that favors him. Does it though? Right. Like, because, because one of the things that MacArthur and, and,
1: and Grace Community concluded was, this isn't as temporary as they claimed.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay, and and also it occurs to me that we have gotten to the point where we are essentially at the same place. Like, we are really arguing on biblical grounds the same question that gets asked on constitutional grounds. The question that always gets asked, like, what is your perspective? Is your perspective a positive perspective or a negative perspective on the Constitution? Namely, does the constitution positively give all the permissions it's ever going to grant uh, or yes. does it po- negatively simply outline what is not allowed This is again like the, the same co- same question we're always asking whether it's American constitution or, or Canadian constitution are we say- are we going to say well the constitution doesn't specifically outlaw the government from doing this or are we going to say the constitution's purpose was to give the positively the positive rights that government could have and this only and it seems like the same people who are by and large going to take that perspective on the constitution don't take that perspective when it comes to government they'll take the perspective of we we submit to the government as long as it doesn't specifically violate scripture and that's the answer. So it's, it's a negative approach saying insofar as that's almost
1: almost exactly what he argues. He says, "I, I had this, I had this further up here or maybe it was further down. Um, Oh, it was in the same section as the Baxter thing. Um, was he says, um, so if we are commanded by the magistrate to do something that which God forbids, we must obey God rather than man. But if we are forbidden by the magistrate for a time to do that which God generally commands, we must ob- we may, sorry, obey man without disobeying God. The big problem I have with that is the verse he's alluding to, is a command, not a prohibition.
3: Right. It's a command to preach the gospel, not a prohibition.
0: Well, on the one hand, he's wrong. So on the one hand, he's wrong. Like, God has commanded to do that, and they were commanding us to not do what God has commanded us to do. So on the one hand, he's wrong. On the other hand, like really my perspective i end up i end up being like i guess i'm more conservative than y'all because i am gonna say unless god has specifically given them reign over this matter they don't have reign over this matter which means they don't have reign over what i do with my body insofar as what i'm doing with my body is not harming someone else like they have a positive i take a positive view of scripture and the state or the civil magistrate. The civil magistrate is allowed to do what God in, in enables them to do. I take the Bible in the same way that conservatives take the Bill of Rights. Is that this is specifically what the government's allowed to do and nothing more. And I'm going to take that same approach with the Bible. That the Bible does isn't given free reign over everything that the that that the Bible doesn't specifically speak about unless the Bible gives the civil magistrate permission to enforce a law or a matter, they are not allowed to do that. Namely, unless they say, unless someone's life is being taken or property is being taken, the civil magistrate has no business in that. Right?
3: Right. Right. Because their work is sword work. Right. Not. Not not the the any number of other kinds of
1: work they involve themselves. In.
0: Right. And and, and, and Patrick and, largely confirmed what you were saying before. Is that what I'm reading? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: So so he added that he was arrested for preaching without a license when his license was recalled by the king. Yeah. Um, uh, but then what I was remembering about about his longest, I think. I think he's confirming that it was his longest jail sentence was, uh, was for that. He was arrested for publishing something he didn't publish.
0: Um, Also. Yeah. Also. I'm going to want to meet, I'm going to want to hear more support than Baxter because his take on justice on eternal justification does speak to a lack of wisdom in my, in my opinion. And so, Mm. um, that means, though I love his Reformed preacher the, uh, it, or the Reformed pastor, his book on the Reformed pastor is phenomenal. I'm going to want to see more confirmation than just Baxter before I take it as fair gospel. But, <laughs> but, but I'm not even willing to give... I'm
1: not even willing to give up... So, okay. So, Little John is actually basically trying to Unpack Baxter when he says that uh, makes that distinction between uh, what God forbids and what
3: God commands, and I think I just I think that distinction is not in the scriptures. No. Um,
1: and and sorry, I should I I think I think the the word he puts in front of commands is important to his argument. I still reject it, but is important to his argument. Generally, commands. So a yeah. specific command. Yes. Specific command would be different, but he's saying a general command, we can, we can obey Caesar in a general command, but uh, er, er, obey Caesar
3: to, to refrain from carrying out a general command for a time, but like they, I mean, that was not the pattern of the apostles. They never once said, "Oh okay, to, to, to submit to your legitimate authority, we will not preach this week." Yeah, or, or we will not preach about Artemis." Yeah,
0: or, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, I want to like say, like there's, there's also a sense in which like, okay, so. This is again, and this is a point of contention that I, I feel like we keep getting into with some of these confessionalists is saying like, they'll say, well, the Bible calls us to, to submit to them. Therefore it must be saying that they are legitimate. And I was like, no, that's, that's, that's a, a, that's an assumption that we're that you, that I'm, I'm, that you're making and you have to prove you can't just state that like like, you can't just state that because Jesus tells us to pay, the ta- pay taxes, therefore the tax is legitimate. Like, like th- those are two different things. Those are two completely different things. Like, yes, it is wise and maybe even sinful not to submit to the government when it is telling me not to smoke a particular plant. But that is not the same thing as to say that the, the government is not massively overreaching by passing that law. Like, like the two can't, like, it's not a contradiction to say both. It's not a contradiction to say taxation is theft and pay your taxes. It's right. not a contradiction because I could even say that it is sinful for me to, to, it is sinful for me not to obey the government insofar as it is not a violation of a command or a prohibition of God to do so. That it is a sin for me not to obey the government, and it is also a sin for the government to pass that law. Right. Like both can be true. Like it can both be true that Pilate was not acting legitimate, that he was in sin, right. the second greatest sinner of all time, according to that to to Jesus in executing jesus and also god had given it into his hand to execute jesus that is like yes. I, i'm sorry this this is something that has been batting in my head even honestly since our we had that conversation uh with with uh with our friend from revives Su- or not revives Su- uh from uh Re- wrestles podcast of like that that he was saying like because god gave him permission to execute jesus it must have been a him giving him Ordaining him to that position and giving him that 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 was a legitimate authority. Well, I'm like, no, no, no. we know there's a another way that God gives God gives Israel into the hand of the Assyrians. Right. That does not mean the Assyrians are not wickedly sinful in taking Israel into their hands. Right. Like like this is where I'm like, again, like both can be true. Like this is where we maybe I haven't been really well laying this out, but like this is why I'm saying that both can be true. That Romans 13 is a command for Christians and it is a prescriptive command for us to submit to the governing authorities, even when they are not legitimate government authorities, governing authorities. And it is also true. That they are not legitimate governing authorities that I am commanded to submit to the state, even though it is a fundamentally unjust institution. Like, both can be true. There's no tension there. There's no tension there in saying there is a better way of governing, and yet I must submit to this government. Right?
3: Right. Right. Exactly.
0: And, And this is really, like, ultimately, like, my big push against the... The, the Christian case against anarchism, it, which always tends to come down to Romans 13. And we make a joke out of it, but, we, but we've also admi- admitted on this show, we need to deal with Romans 13. But, but that's where I would say, like, this, this, this is really what, what I've been trying to push toward um, all along, is that I am going to take a very positive law approach to the permission of the civil government. That it is only allowed to do what it is explicitly given commandment and permission to do. And the state massively overreaches that. And yet, I am commanded to submit to the state, even as it massively overreaches, insofar as it does not. is it does not violate these other commandments. That's not the same thing as saying that the government is allowed to do anything that scripture doesn't command it not to do.
3: And, and, and just for the absolute quickest demonstration of the
1: massive overreach, in, in case you're new and you need that <laughs> demonstrated, um, when God, via Samuel, is trying to talk about what overreach would look like, he says he might even take up to 10% of your income.
0: In that wild. Up to 10%. And I might remind
1: Of course, 10% is significant because that's how much you give to God. So in taking even 10%, he is putting himself in the place of God.
0: Yeah. And I would remind our American listeners that we fought a war for 2%. Yes. None of y'all are complaining about that. Um. yeah i this is where I think like again, like there all we're saying to you Protestant political theology, outlier outliners is maybe it's time for you to listen to the Christian anarchist or the Christian libertarian, if you're still uncomfortable with that word, I'm fine with that. We admit that's a clickbaity title. Uh, that's, it, we, you know, we're, we're being intentionally provocative to get yours. We, we get it. Um, but it, but like maybe the Christian libertarian has a point. And that point is the 2% that, that is the, uh, the positive law approach to the state. And, uh, a ten command, a, a second table limitation uh, on the public law, and, and and maybe there is are more. Maybe there is a better way to be a Protestant than just eventually giving in to big government and eventually get, or or positive law the government enforces theological education. Like maybe there's another way. And, and maybe it's been in front of your nose this whole time. And we're just, we're right here. So all I'm saying, London Lyceum, is next time you get a group together, uh, might I recommend Jeff Park uh, be on your panel? Just, <laughs> just make room at a table for, uh, for a Canadian uh, political operative who uh, has great theological insights. I'm just saying, just open up your table to him. You could have had yeah, another that, guy around that table. I think. I think we could do, do it. One
1: hundred percent going to happen. Someone who has published nothing on these <laughs> topics, um, except, except, uh, you know, however many podcasts. Um,
0: <laughs> we could transcribe it all. We we'll just, you know, put it out of the book.
3: <laughs> there you go.
1: Um,
0: okay, but I don't. I don't. I
1: don't want to. I, I want to come back to this and not not give up on, not not grant that Baxter is against us
3: mm. here
1: because I think I think the <laughs> I think the reading here is is pretty strained. so the so the first part he says is it's one thing to forbid uh, assemblies for a time upon some special cause as infection by
3: pestilence, fire war, et cetera. And another to forbid them statedly or profanely. And again, I would say that's what MacArthur was arguing, was that this is no longer for a time upon some special cause. This is obviously a longer-term thing. And, And without... Grace Community Church How long do you think Gavin Newsom would have kept restrictions on churches in California? Yeah. 2 years? I mean, we we asked this question for our church, we asked this question <laughs> really early. <laughs> Is at what point at what point if we If we continued
1: following this At what point would we have stopped Being a church in hindsight
0: mm-hmm. Yeah
1: So in hindsight when did we turn Into a zoom Ministry
0: and not A church Yeah, And I suspect that Patrick is right that if It hadn't been for MacArthur Uh churches would Not be allowed to meet to This day Mm. remember biden biden only recently declared the pandemic over and he did so uh what was his evidence well I'll just look around at nobody's wearing masks we're all pretty much back to normal. Yeah. it seems like yeah they had the government to, policy was to the out, auto show without anyone wearing... yeah yeah um well and
3: and and um
1: they just got rid of the a rodcan app,
3: which is which is basically a um vaccine passport this weekend um
0: So, and you're telling me they wouldn't have gone on forever if we hadn't thrown a fit like they, oh, they... yeah, I know exactly well, without it, I
1: mean, especially here, but i I would say almost everywhere, without the Canadian truckers, this would still be going on, yeah, and I think that's probably true in Kuala Lumpur, but it's definitely true in Canada <laughs>
3: um and, and so um but uh yeah, so. So, okay, so the, so the number one, I'm not, I'm not so sure that that's such a winner for Little John. Let me, let me remind myself of when he wrote this. Um, what's the date on this thing? What's the date on this thing? I'm not seeing a date. Um, all right, it was cited on August 7th. So it, is, it was written before August 7th. Um I'm not seeing I'm not seeing a date. So anyway, but so 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 if 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 your cutoff was just
1: after John MacArthur's and you would still say, Okay, at some point it here it became permanent.
3: Then that's one thing, but I don't think he ever admitted that. Um, And at some point in there, it became permanent.
0: Can I just... This is a thing that I've been holding back on. But I, I don't know the guys at the London Lyceum. I don't know why they picked these four guys. But I have to say... If we're looking at the wisdom, okay, he's talking about the prudence, history and prudence. Like the, the prudence applied to history, right? Um, then he was horribly, grievously wrong. And yet, he's still speaking on this panel. He and Lehman. He and Lehman. I was, you know, I was getting specific, but because just that quote, but yeah, these two people are still on this panel. Like, why are we still listening to them on this subject when they were wrong about the most important issue in, in our lives? You know, like, like, I'm sorry, like MacArthur was right you know why he? we know how we know he was right because his congregation isn't all dead right not even over half of them are dead not even three-fourths of them are dead not even a quarter not even a tenth they are still fine well and And macarthur does not have an all young congregation no no he does not so so yeah so one sentence
3: One sentence that uh,
1: clangs a little today uh, in this article that I'll just skip ahead to is uh, Little John says, that is in fact precisely analogous, uh, Okay, sorry, he says, "Uh, third, Baxter notes that if meeting this Sunday would make it uh, more likely not to be able to meet for many other Sundays, then it is ridiculous to insist on our obligation to gather for worship. That is, in fact, precisely analogous to our current situation in which public health directives limiting gathering for a time are intended to enable virus suppression and thus make it easier for us to resume meeting without disruption
3: in the future. Except it was all wrong.
0: Right. It was all wrong. (laughs) All. All of it from the beginning, like all the public health officials were wrong. We know this now. We all know it now
1: right so and like, so submitting, submitting to point, this would not have made it more likely that you yes. could meet in the future it would
0: have made it less less right it was the dissidents who refused to give in that is what forced the hand of the government and inevitably made it so that we all can go back to church and, and like, I'm sorry, but like, at what point does our political theology have to take into account the fact that our rulers are dunces like that? The people in charge of the health policy are un are unremarkable people. They're unimpressive, unremarkable people. The people telling us what to do, do not know what they're talking about. At what point does that factor into all of our political theology? Again, this is where I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the post-libertarian energy on, on this subject in particular. It's like, yeah, all your principles and all your philosophy, all your theology, all your, 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 your historical theology sounds really great, but the rubber's not meeting the road here. And so it means something's broken down in your principle. When, when, when all of your nice-sounding ideas end up failing spectacularly we need to go back to the drawing board and it's very possible that Protestantism has been getting this wrong since the beginning and it's very possible that there's an easy explanation for why it's been getting it wrong since the beginning and we've talked about this before when Luther's options are get killed by the Pope or lean upon the authority of the, the princes of 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 Germany then it makes a lot of sense for him to see the alliances there and it makes a lot of sense for us to justify theologically what's already happening and to read our scriptures in such a way that we can justify it theologically and write our confessions in such a way like like it's very easy to write the Westminster Confession of Faith when you are literally being called together by parliament to write a confession of faith it's not so easy when the now London when, When the modern parliament would not be calling them together to write this statement of faith, but in fact to write some statement of secular religiosity. If they called an assembly at Westminster today, would they write the same confession of faith? Absolutely not. They would not permit it. It's very easy to say that the government has the right and the responsibility to call councils when the people running that government are on the side of the people who want to promote good theology, but it doesn't, when it doesn't last the battlefield of secularism, it's a bad principle. Or
3: does Vladimir Putin have the right and responsibility to call councils? Or to step it up even a tad more to
1: mm-hmm. someone who is not Hitler this week but has been in the past.
3: Um, does Mahmoud Ahmadinejad have the right to call church councils? Or does he not? Does Xi Jinping have you go
0: like it's again like we have to be open to the fact that we i am fully convinced that the protestant theology is the most beautiful biblical uh um and practical theology that there is that ever existed But it could well be that our theology of the state has been flawed from the beginning and it makes complete historical sense why it would do so. And it could well be that we need to go back, we need to reform our theology according to the word of God.
3: I, I, again, all of these,
0: both of the last two like yeah both the last two presenters we said you know what there's a lot to affirm about what they're saying but the fact that it failed when the rubber meets the road needs makes us and this is again going back to doug wilson he's like talking about how like all these guys like to to trot out the confessions and trot out the reform tradition but in the end what are they doing that is beneficial for the kingdom of god nothing In like fact, they're working against it. In fact, you could argue that Protestant political theology has led to this day. What is wrong with secular theology? Like Protestant political theology has led to the situation we have today. You could make a good case for that. That we convince the entire the entire country like is it an accident that the entire nation for so long is, was taught the, only th- the beginning and end of political theology is submit to the authorities and they gave no explanation of what the state is actually supposed to do what it positively is permitted to do is that, an, is that a mistake or is that all wrapped up in our poor theology of the state
3: we might are,
0: are we open to the fact that we have been wrong? Or at the very least, woefully inadequate. And it only showed itself when we found ourselves in this modern secular moment. It's possible. In which case, trite old statements from old theologians who are in a completely different situation than our own are probably not going to be of much use. So that was me losing all of that reformed audience that I've been carefully cultivating.
3: (laughs) I, I don't, I, I think you were, uh, very restrained in never when critiquing Luther's political
1: decisions, never mentioning, not the most obvious thing that people are going to think I'm headed for, but, uh, Oh yeah. Uh but you know, what's a little bigamy between friends? Which with Luther was
3: 100 percent willing to overlook because he needed to fill up a pass on his side. So
1: after saying that you were remarkably restrained, I made sure to unrestrain and and go ahead and uh <laughs>
3: um uh so and 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 that was a not technically not technically a
1: your wife's sister kind of situation, but but a, a maid of honor, if I recall correctly, or a Lisa bridesmaid of of
3: his previous wife. So um, so I, just a, um, strange, um, fixation there, but anyway, um, so the, the sort of thing that, <laughs> that we've been saying, the Bible is actually quite clear about, but when you have political concerns and like staying staying between 30 and 40
1: degrees celsius on your insides concerns um um uh actually uh, 30 is also not safe so uh anyway 35 and 40 degrees celsius on your insides um
3: um the um uh so then I, I I like we can understand how we got here but um but it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that that it wasn't um that we didn't take a the wrong road to get here. Right? Like, yeah. and we can all see that with with Obviously overlooking bigamy, um, but I think but I think that's just illustrative of okay, so then can we can we take a harder look at the political considerations here <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: overall? and and that's not even to say, so i'm I'm gonna say like first of all, I'm gonna go back and I'm going to continue to to defend Luther in spite of the fact that I think it it set us off on the wrong path. Yeah. But it's like, there's a, it's that there's a similar thing going on with Trump, right? With Christians and Trump where, I mean, like the question always comes back to is how far are you willing to go to justify this man? Mm -hmm. Like, are you, I understand the case for someone being like, you know what? He's the best chance we got. And you know what? Might've been true. You know? And so people who are like, I'm going to vote for Trump because I think he's the best chance we got to preserve what Christian liberty we have. And I'd be like, fair enough. And in which case you could say Luther in his day might have been able to say, like, you know what? I'm not going to make a big deal out of this marriage thing because I need his protection in order to continue to write and support the Reformation. And to which I might be able to say, fair enough, Luther. But then are you going to go so far as to be like, you know, it's perfectly fine that he's married and divorced. I don't know how many wives, you know, because I mean the the two situations line up nicely um, for that. Like, are, are we never going to hold him to account for the fact that he has lived a sexually licentious life that he's lived a very uh, grievously foolish life and that he's even been grievously foolish in his politics like how much of his failure to get anything done had to do with the forces working against him, and how much of it was just him failing to be as effective as he could have been. Like you know, like like how far are we willing to go to justify him? We can sim again. We can two things can be true. That he's the best we got, and so we just need to hold our nose and go for it. And even to say that their good things were brought about because of it. But also, like, this does not justify everything he's done and everything he's been and everything he is. You know, like, like we both things can be true. And also, I'm going to say, like, maybe I overstated my case when I said that it's all been broken from the beginning, because I think there are seeds for what is a better Protestant political theology in the Protestant political theological tradition. And that's the one that we keep harping on. Sphere sovereignty. Right. Right. I think that is the seed at which we are going to find a truly biblical and Protestant political theology. Is in is in that sphere of sovereignty. If we can double down on that. On the fact that the state has a very limited positive role or positive uh, authority over their subjects in establishing judge justice and the church even we can say has a somewhat limited positive role like the church isn't allowed to tell you what to do with your job the pastor can't tell you whether or not to take that job he can give you wisdom and advice but he can't tell you like he can't put you up for church discipline for whether or not you take that job and as much as like it's a funny example that the Puritans brought a a a woman a, a man up for uh church discipline for withholding sex from his wife, I honestly think that that was maybe an overreach on the church's part. Um I mean I'd have to know more information about the the the, the depth of the disagreement between the two parties um to see if there was a uh, but but like it seems like an overreach just on a simple Way it came down in history, but like that the church does have a limited authority. Like one of the things that I love that, like, I remember like Vody Balcom was the first person to point this out in his, in his book. Uh, let me pull it up right Her, Uh, family driven faith. He's the one who points out and, or it might've been in his other book that the church actually doesn't have authority over the way I run my family. Like the, like, like the church cannot tell me how to parent my family and how to husband my wife. They can give me advice. They can call me according to God's word to, to at least the, the, the broad sense of my role, but they can't actually tell me how to do it. Like they can say, do not, you know, do not, you know, as far as scripture speaks to the husbands, they, they should preach that to me. And as far as it preaches, scripture preaches to the fathers, they can preach that to me, but they can't tell me how to work it out in my household. That is where my authority is. But even I would say there's also a sense of which I have a somewhat limited authority too, and that I can't, my authority is limited to what is positively commanded. I can't, Command my children to go into a certain career. You know, like there there are there's another sphere that needs to be brought up that maybe the libertarians can provide, the sphere of the sovereignty of the individual. That individuals have sphere sovereignty. And that we we need to limit the sphere we we need to take like take what limited authority is commanded and, and be faithful to that but then leave to the other spheres what is to the other spheres you know my children do still have liberty of conscience i can't command them to trust in the lord i can and i do exhort them to
3: but i can't make them
0: right and so yeah i think i think i i do think that sphere sovereignty is the seed of a truly biblical and Protestant uh, political theology but I'm going to say we need to leave a lot of the baggage we've picked up along the way and so there's a point at which I think historical theology might be doing us harm on this subject because we're not properly f- situating these things in the historical time periods they were in
3: yeah yeah Um. Yeah, I'm about out of words. Uh. So yeah, okay. I'm willing to let
1: that that part be that part. I just, I. Keep
0: going. One more time, take a run at. Not giving up on Baxter. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna title this episode "Saving Baxter." Jeff is heroically going to save I'm Baxter. Trying. <laughs> okay, so
1: because <laughs> Baxter's second point was, it is, it, and, and this I don't think this will take very long at this point. Um, it is one thing to uh, omit them for a time. That is church assemblies. It is one thing to omit them for a time, and another to do it ordinarily. So that's again the same argument. How 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 much time are we talking about before it becomes ordinarily?
3: Um that's a question. It
1: how long do your your people have to go without having
3: received communion in any meaningful sense for for it to be ordinarily. Um it is one thing to omit them in formal obedience
1: to the law, and another thing to omit them in prudence
3: or for necessity. Because we cannot keep them. So that's interesting. That seems that seems to actually cut against Little John's argument. Like, because I think what Baxter is saying is that if there's a pandemic such that you just prudently or by necessity Would not realistically be able to meet that would be one thing, but just formally obeying the law. I think, I think the way that sentence is constructed, I can't see any other way to read it than he means formal obedience to the law is not the preferred, (laughs) not the preferred side of that equation. Mm. I don't see any other way to read it. Do you like, am I missing something there? I think he's saying formal obedience to the law
1: is not a sufficient reason, Hmm. but prudence or necessity can be, Mm -hmm. or at least, or at least that is something to be weighed in this circumstance. Maybe he's not making a hard and fast
3: rule here because he's got four of them, but, but maybe, uh, But but uh but at
1: least he's saying that's something to be considered is like are you doing it just out of formal obedience to the law or are you doing it out of or or if even without the law, would it be sure prudent and necessary? Um
3: and that that's that's Daniel. Yeah. Right? Like um he's not going to change his practice because the law changed. Um, even though, even though he is not commanded to pray with his windows open facing Jerusalem, he's not forbidden from uh, from engaging in anything that
1: the king does command. Here, the the three Hebrew children, different situation,
3: but but Daniel himself. In the uh um in the prayer circumstance, he um
1: he's not forbidden from doing anything the king commands in that circumstance. He's not um uh he's not commanded to do it in specifically the way he does it, but he's not going to change his practice just because the law changed.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then and then finally, Baxter says the assembly and the circumstances of the assembly must be distinguished. If the magistrate for a greater good as the common safety forbid church assemblies in a time of pestilence, assault of enemies or fire or the like necessity, notice, notice the similarities, is if, if pestilence belongs in this sentence,
3: notice how short everything else is in that sentence. Assault of enemies, fires.
1: Pestilence would seem unnatural in this list
3: if he's considering pestilence to be something that can last two years. Yeah.
0: I also didn't imagine wars that would last 20 years. (laughs) Fair, fair. But he doesn't say a war. (laughs) It, 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 I, I, I,
1: I think I think Baxter is smart enough to say is smart enough not to say if the king forbids assemblies because of wars. Is they 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 had their own endless wars, the Hundred Years' they, War. <laughs> but
0: did, didn't he list that earlier as a reason not to meet? Uh yeah. Well, okay.
1: Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry. In one, he says as infection by pestilence, fire, war, etc but okay. then down down here he doesn't say war he says assault assault of enemies so different <laughs> more specific yeah puts a different
0: yeah more i think he's being more specific it's not there. just then, a war so out there but like if war yeah. comes to our door yeah we shouldn't go to church if there's firing guns at each other
3: right right and that's where i say okay so if if uh, if your church practice involves lighting up
1: your windows so that German bombers can see you from the air and know where to drop their bombs, then, then, then that is a good, that that is a, that is a good and necessary way to say, okay, how can we change our practice to not let our church be seen from the air? Like, (laughs) how can we make sure that, that we're, that we're, uh, that we're not having that midnight service anymore, or that we're blacking out the windows or that we're whatever, um, uh, or that we're not using the the lights or whatever. Um, So that would be a perfect uh, example of how to change the practice in ways that are not sinful um, to, uh, to accommodate that very reasonable concern.
3: But this is not, this is not just like um um uh, oh there's a war on so you know we need you in the factories every day including sunday so so no more church right like that i don't think baxter yeah. is is right. saying that that's acceptable right, right, right. um absolutely uh so Okay, um, or or okay. If the magistrate, for a greater good, as the common
1: safety, forbid church assemblies in a time of pestilence, assault of enemies, or fire, or the like necessity, it is a duty to obey him, because positive duties give place to those great natural duties which are their end. So Christ justified himself and the disciples' violation of the external rest of the Sabbath for the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath.
3: So, so he's saying, he's saying, yes, you can even violate the Sabbath in, in cases of, I mean, the classical distinctions here are works of, works of necessity, works
1: of mercy. You can violate the Sabbath. And so it's a similar, you can, you can violate the command to assemble out of necessity or mercy,
0: yeah. Fair, we're not
1: arguing with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it makes sense.
1: Um, because affirmatives by not ad simper, so for all time. uh, Because affirmatives by not ad simper, and out of season duties become sins.
3: Um. Okay, so. Okay it is a duty to okay it's a duty to obey him here are the
1: three reasons positive duties give place to those great natural duties which are their end because affirmatives bind not ad simper and out of season duties become sins okay so he's saying be mindful of the be mindful of the time that that uh um that something you're you're commanded to do, this is that argument, that something you're commanded to do generally doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean that you're that you're commanded to do it in in violation of another duty and out of season. It, it, out of season completion of that duty. Okay, that's um, so all right, because one Lord's Day or assembly is not to be preferred before many, which by the omission of that one are like to be obtained. So so that's the argument that, that Little John is, is, is really leaning on later, and to, to which we said, yeah, you got that one completely backwards. <laughs> His, uh, that's not how that was going to work for you. And, and, and MacArthur got that right, and you got it wrong. So, so anyway, and that's it. That or that's sorry. That is Little John's quote of Baxter. There's an ellipsis and a close quote here. So I'm not sure, uh, but I'm not. I'm just saying. Even giving, even given, just Little John's own citation of Baxter here, the section he chose to quote, it still, I don't think, puts Baxter so firmly on his side as. He seems to think. Like yeah. this is not. I I don't uh, I don't think Baxter is is uh, is making the the same point to the same extent. Yeah. And and look, this is this is why everyone, including John
3: MacArthur, when this was new, when we didn't know anything um, when 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 all we knew was can't
1: trust numbers out of China and it looks like it's killing round up to half of
3: Italy, like r- r- like that was that was the concern, right? is that is that um i re- I remember people people saying
1: half of half of half of all Italians might die of this thing. Like it was that kind of, it was that kind of concern. And, and so that first, that first Sunday, we all didn't meet. We went to zoom or we just hung it up
0: for a week or whatever. Like, and that was appropriate. Yeah. We, we heard it. We heard about it quick enough at my church that we were able to put out. Actually, I was preaching that Sunday. And so, I was the first one we just had we knew how to record sermons cuz we've been doing it at our church. And so we just recorded a sermon and put it on our Vimeo and uh so yeah, like I mean, we all did it. Yeah, that's right. Like we all did it. Cuz we had no idea. Um and but but yeah, yeah, to your point. But that's like, the kind of thing that this reasoning applies to. It
1: doesn't it doesn't apply to the to the
3: extent that you're trying to apply it here. Sorry, not you, you, little John. And Here's another
0: wrinkle. By the time MacArthur's church started meeting,
3: we in Iowa had been meeting for months. Right.
0: We had little little uh uh experiments in going in breaking quarantine right. going on all over the country that were working just fine. And so yeah, if he didn't do it, Newsom would still be locked down to this day. Absolutely. But you know what? The end result is the question you guys have to ask you, the listener, the viewer have to ask is, are you on my side? And you say, ditch Baxter, forget that guy. Or are you on <laughs> Jeff's side and say, we can save him. We can rescue. him? <laughs> and so you got to decide that for yourself and then tell us the answer in the comments or, uh, by email anarchist, Bible And, uh, Um, you can decide which side you're, you're going to take in the inevitable breakup, the anarchist Bible study podcast. So are you going to be team Jeff or team Josh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, (laughs) um,
1: uh, the, uh, the Baxterian, uh, (laughs) Christian anarchist Hoppian, uh, or (laughs) Uh, or those dirty heretics, anti-Baxterian, uh. <laughs> the Baxterian and the non-Baxterian.
0: <laughs> oh no, 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 no. We, we all love, we love Baxter. We love Baxter. I think his, his yeah. justification thing was messed up, but we, we love, we <laughs> love Baxter. Uh, <laughs> Oh man. Uh, but, but, uh, we are getting to the point where we, we're going to want to, wrap this up yes. we, we spent some time on this and it's been good um well worth our time um uh make sure that you follow us like we, we we talk about these things all the time on on twitter like we uh jeff is always dropping some uh educational freedom info and also some sweet sweet tolkien memes uh at j park yyc so you want to follow that get on that um me I sometimes post things that are not the Bible at iowan cap. Um and periodically <laughs> I just go on sprees of retweeting articles I saw on antiwar.com. Um but but uh of course you can support the and show. Periodically you drink you drink some unveil and fight some demons on Twitter. I do that periodically. But and so <laughs> of course but most importantly like you, you like our show subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a comment. It really helps it I like I know if you're listening to podcasts, you know it helps because it, you've heard everyone that you listen to on podcasts tell you that it helps to rate them, to subscribe, to like all the videos, to uh subscribe to, to follow and to share it with with a friend um to to either share it on Twitter, Facebook, Gab, MeWe, Minds, wherever you are to share it there. And uh, to tell a friend, also like you know, word of mouth is is huge. Um, just telling a friend, hey, these guys got some interesting ideas. You should consider them. Um, you know, and maybe one of them should be on the next London Lyceum roundtable. You know, whatever. Uh, and um, and of course, you know, you can leave a comment below. It really does, yeah, it really really helps. And also, it's uh, we love, yeah, we just love to hear what you're thinking. Responding to this episode. Um, Or also, if you're listening to it on audio, you can send uh, an email to us, as we said before, anarchistbiblestudy at gmail.com. Unless um, your email is in any way coming to the aid of Brad Littlejohn's disastrous anti MacArthur article. If you are going to come to the aid of that article, then we have a special email for you that you can send that uh, to. And that email is...
1: Uh brad.littlejohn at davidinstitute.org I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a shot at maybe what his actual probably email probably right. That's probably
0: right. <laughs> and then, we're go- we're and, going back to and, the good old days where you were guessing like, at and correctly naming <laughs> uh, yeah. email addresses for prominent figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoops, that was a real one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and i we, we i've zigged away from that for a while because i um might have correctly guessed a few in a row <laughs> um, um, whoops uh, <laughs> um, but uh but yeah. but uh but you know what they probably got some cockamamie system and that's probably not real so it's so real, go ahead yeah. and send it go ahead and send it to that uh box and get a bounce back um yes. instead of sending it to bible study yeah. at gmail.com.
0: That's right. Um but but also like the big thing and uh, but a big thing if you really are appreciating the show if you really appreciate the show consider going to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover and supporting us for one dollar a month. You get uh we give you way too much goods. I'll tell you what isn't keeping up with inflation. Uh the uh the price of the goods that we're giving you for the for what you're paying us like you get all the same stuff for the same dollar that dollar is weakening in value which means that the goods we should be raising the price we should be we should be like that restaurant that's raising the price but we are not doing that you still get all the goods for just $1 and what we're definitely not doing unlike that restaurant
1: is shrinking our portion sizes. We are 100% not doing that. <laughs>
0: Absolutely not. Uh, you're getting just as much, maybe more, uh, you get access <laughs> to our secret discord. You get access to our live stream when it comes out. And at soon after you get li- uh, access to the chat and, uh, who knows, maybe there'll be future benefits as well. Who, But, um, uh, everyone don't give money and see if they could uh, even could possibly end it earlier. <laughs> oh, <laughs> unlikely. Uh, <laughs> never happened. That's right. Um, but of course, most importantly, join us again next week when we take anarchy to church here on the anarchist Bible study, grace and peace, grace and peace. i <laughs>
3: Thanks. Right. So we, we can go ahead and transition yep. to uh, Dr. Lehman for his uh, first constructive statement.
2: Uh, brothers, likewise, grateful to share this conversation with you. Appreciate each one of these brothers.
0: Hold up. This is Jonathan Lehman. I made a mistake. We're going to listen to it, uh, Jonathan Lehman over again. Uh, note to self later, I'm going to cut this out.
1: Maybe if we listen to him all over again, we'll figure out how we got duped. Just kidding.